What's going on, 9 a.m.? How you guys doing this morning? You guys doing good? Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is TJ. I'm one of the pastors here. We're so glad that you're joining us. And can we also give it up for all of our family that's watching online right now? We love you guys. We miss you guys. We can't wait to see you here soon at church. But we have been in a series over the last couple weeks called At the Core. And we've been talking about some of the things that we value as a church. Not only do we value as a church, but we think that every single one of us should value if we're following Jesus with all of our lives. And, and I think it's important that every once in a while, we get back and we refocus on the main things, the, the things that really are the foundations of our faith. And we haven't taken any time in the last couple of years to really kind of resettle back. And because I think there's, a, there's this principle of you, you've gotta have a why. And when you lose your why, you lose your way. And so there's a lot of things of what we do, but we have to understand why we do what we do. And this is an opportunity for us as a church and us as individuals and those of us that are watching online to kind of reset and refocus and make sure that we're on the correct path of where we want to go as followers of Jesus. Because here's what I know is if, if you want to end up somewhere, you've got to set a course and then you've got to continually check your course. You can't just set your course and then never check it. And this is an opportunity for us to check that course. And I just want to let you know if you're a guest here this weekend with us or online, you've chosen a great weekend to be with us because you're going to hear a little bit about who we are as a church. And I just want you to know that we don't think that we're the best church or the only church. In fact, we think that there are a lot of great churches that are out there. It's one of the reasons why we pray for other churches every single weekend because we know it's about one church, the church of Jesus Christ. And this is just uh, a, an aspect of the church that people identify with and can grow in their faith here. And so we're, we're about building the big C church, but we feel that there are some distinctives that make our church unique. And one of the distinctives about our church that we set out from the very beginning when we moved here a little over 12 years ago to start Coastal Community Churches, we said this. We said, we wanna make it hard for people to go to hell by making it easy for them to go to church so they can experience, so they can know, and so they can follow Jesus. That's who we are, that's what we are about. We are unashamed about the fact that we wanna make it hard for people to go to hell. Listen, we believe that hell is not some thing that is made up, but it is a real eternal destination for people that do not know and have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and so, Excuse me, we've made it our mandate that we're going to do everything possible to make it easy for people to experience, know, and follow Jesus. It's why we do what we do. And so there are some distinctives that support that mission as a church and that I think should support our mission as individual followers of Jesus. And we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks, we said in the first week, we believe that healthy people grow and so we think you should be growing in your faith on a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly basis. Like you should be changing, you should be transforming. Last week we talked about the fact that uh, found people find people, that it's important that if you've been found by Jesus, you have a responsibility to go and find other people now. And this week, we're gonna be talking about one of my favorite things, and that is this, is that saved people serve people. We believe that if you have been saved by Jesus Christ, if you've, the remission of your sins is gone, then, then you have an opportunity and a responsibility and the gift and the obligation to go out and serve people with your life. And, and what I'm saying is, is if you are a follower of Jesus, notice I did not say a tender, 
There is a big difference between somebody that is attending church. In fact, I know a lot of people that attend church for decades that aren't truly followers of Jesus. A follower is somebody that's sold out and completely surrendered to the mission of Jesus. And because they are sold out, you know what they will naturally do? They'll naturally serve other people because that what they have discovered is that there is joy in serving other people there is purpose in serving other people there is a fulfillment that only comes from serving other people and they've realized that that is the secret to being a follower of Jesus because not everyone who serves is saved but everyone who is saved should be serving it's what we should be doing with our lives in fact I want to take a look this morning at a story in John chapter 13, and let me give you a little bit of context. This is right near the end of Jesus' life. It's right before he's about to be captured. It's his last and final moments with his disciples. They're about to go to the upper room for, for what we would call the Last Supper. And so here's what I know as a pastor. In people's final moments, they always tell the most meaningful and profound things at those moments. Like they want you to remember the things that are most important. They want you to remember the I love you's. They want you to remember this is how I feel about you. Here's what I desire for your life. Here's what I see in you. And so Jesus is taking this time to do that right here in John chapter 13, starting in verse one, it says this. It was just before the Passover feast. Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. In other words, he's gonna show them the full range of his love. He's gonna show them the depths, how high and how wide and how deep is God's love for all of humanity. Skip verse two, it says in verse three, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he'd come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal and took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter who said, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Like Peter could not grasp the fact that Jesus was about to take this position, it dawned on him that this just didn't seem right. And Jesus responded, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. It's amazing how quick Simon Peter's attitude changes right here. He's like, listen, if it's just about my feet, then why don't you just scrub me down? Jesus is like, get all of this stuff. Like he wanted to be a part of it. It says, then Lord, Simon replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, a person who has had a bath, needs only to wash his feet. His whole body is clean. And you are clean, though not every one of you, for he knew that he was about to be betrayed. And that was why he said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to this place. Do you understand what I've done for you, he asked? You call me teacher and Lord, and rightfully so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet I have set an example, and that's a great word right there for you to underline, circle, asterisk, whatever you do, that you should do as I have done. For I tell you the truth, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. And I love this next verse. It's an amazing verse. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. What's happening right here is Jesus 
is, is, is separating the difference between knowing something and actually doing something. He, he's right here. What he's doing is he's going, listen, there is a difference between knowledge and there is a difference between application. Like, I, I know that it's great that you know these things, that you comprehend these things, but the heart of service isn't that you just have an understanding that you should serve. The heart of service actually begins when you begin to put that knowledge into action in your life and you begin to walk these things out. Like, it's not just about having all the information. A lot of us, we have way more information than we have application in life. And Jesus is going, man, there's a big difference between those people. And a lot of us, what we want in life is we want to be blessed. And we're going, well, I know all the information. And Jesus is going, well, when are you going to start doing it? Because there's a big difference between knowing what my word says and actually living it out. Like making it reality for your life. He's saying, listen, I want you to be my hands and I want you to be my feet. And this story right here is a constant reminder of what our lives should be all about. And let me just kind of give you some context of what's happening in Jesus' life. I just told you that, but what's happening in the disciples' lives is Jesus knows that they've been vying and, 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 and establishing a pecking order for who's gonna be the greatest among them. Like, who's gonna be seated next to God? Like, who's gonna be the best disciple and who's gonna be the worst disciple? Because they were all about their status and their place. Kind of sounds like us today, doesn't it? They're trying to establish that, and Jesus, realizing that, takes them to this place where they walk into the room, and, and the disciples walk into this meal, and it, the culture of Jewish people that day is, is when they would go to eat a meal, they would always wash up before they would go and sit down for that meal, and so they all walk by a basin full of water with a, with a towel, and they all think to themselves, man, I'm not washing somebody else's feet, that's somebody else's job. Like, do you know who I am? Like, I'm not washing Peter's feet. Peter's always angry. Like, he doesn't deserve my feet washing. Like, I'm not washing uh, Thomas's feet. Thomas is always doubting. I mean, some of the lesser known disciples should, should wash some feet. Like, who is Bartholomew anyway? There ain't no book written about Bartholomew in the Bible. Right? Like, they thought that everybody else should do it. Like they all had their reasons and objections to why it should be somebody else serving. And so my question for you today, churches, is what is your objection to serving? What's your objection to taking that information that you've been gleaning for so long and putting it into application. For some of you, you're like, well, you know what? I, I'm just a student. I'm, I'm just way too young. Uh, listen, you're not too young to serve. We have students out there helping parking cars on Saturday nights. We got, we got middle and high school students that are back there helping in coastal kids teaching the next generation because we know peer-to-peer -peer is the best way for them to be raised up. And, and so you're never too young. Well, some of you are like, well, I, I'm too old. Listen, if you're still breathing, God still wants to use you. Like, I think about 83-year-old Jerry Smith out on the corner just serving away. Listen, you're never too late to leave a lasting impact on people's lives. And I know some of you are like, but, but TJ, I'm not too young or too old. I'm just too busy. Well, listen, if you're too busy to serve, you're too busy doing the wrong things. Like, you've chosen good things over the greatest thing. What does it say? The first shall be 
last. But we're trying to get first by being first. See, we've got the paradigm all wrong. And Jesus right here, what he's doing is he, he's trying to rock our, he's like, I'll rock your world, hey. You know, he's like, in living color, 90s, I can't help it. Jesus basically looks at them and says, hey guys, there is no excuses. You aren't on a more important task. Listen, like you need to not just understand this, you need to hear this. People who love me and follow my example, you know what they're doing? They're serving. Because that is the essence of who Jesus is. Mark chapter 10 says this, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. How did he serve? To give his life as a ransom for every single one of us that are on this planet. In fact, I would say it like this, Jesus saved us by serving us. And you know what that means? That if we've been saved, we have an obligation and a responsibility to serve people. And I learned the importance of this in my own life at at, an early stage of my faith. When I was 20 years old, I had given my life to the Lord. When I was 19, I went and did this internship, and I, I felt like, man, I was like, God, I just want to be used by you. And I remember I went to my pastor. I grew up in a highly charismatic church. If you don't know what that is, it meant chaos. That's what it meant. It meant pure chaos. Anything happens. You never know what's going to happen. It's three, four-hour services. I mean, that's the, that's the culture that, that I started church in. And so it's why we have a service that lasts an hour and two minutes today. It's like, ain't nobody staying here for four hours. I'm just telling you that right now. But I remember going to my pastor, and uh, I remember telling him, God, Pastor, Pastor Phil, his name was Phil. I said, Phil, man, Pastor Phil, man, I, I want to be used by God. And he said, son, you want to be used by God? And I was like, yes, sir, I want to I be used by God. He said, meet me here Monday morning at 6 a.m., and you're going to be used by God. And I thought to myself, man, my pastor said, meet me here at 6 a.m. on Monday morning. I showed up there at 6 a.m. on Monday morning. He said, here's what I want you to do. You want to be used by God? You're going to go upstairs, and there is a prayer meeting that happens every Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. There's a group of elderly ladies, and when I'm saying elderly, I'm like 95 and above. Like, they they were so old, they didn't even sin anymore. Like, they were just, <laughs> they didn't even know how to. And so, uh, <laughs> sorry if that was offensive. Uh, I remember, I remember going up to this prayer meeting and, and every day I would show up and I, I'd be praying with these, these, these senior adults and at the end of the prayer meeting, they'd be like, does anybody need prayer? And they just all look at me like I, I was the only person who knew how to sin at that point. So they're like, you must, you must need prayer. And so every day they would, they would pray for me and, and it, was, it was the craziest, craziest thing. But what my pastor knew that I didn't know at that point is that if I didn't learn how to serve in secret, I would never be any good in public. He didn't know, he, he knew that if I didn't learn how to do the things that, that, that people, people would never see, then when I would be seen doing things that I wouldn't be ready for that and I couldn't handle that. 
And after a while of doing that, I, I remember going back. I'm like, Pastor, man, I still want to be served. I've been showing up every 6 a.m. He's like, you ready to be used by God? I'm like, oh, Pastor, I'm ready. He said, meet me at the church Saturday morning at 9 a.m. And I was like, sir, I'll be there. He said, don't be late. If you're late, don't even show up to church. Like, we don't need you. And I was like, I'll be there. So I'm like, he was hardcore. Uh, and so I, I remember showing up there at 9 a.m. I actually got there at 8.55 because five minutes early is late in, in, in my world. And so I got there early, and I, I'm waiting there, and I walk into the, our, we called it the sanctuary back in the day. And I walked into the sanctuary, and he was there waiting for me. He had a vacuum in his hand. He said, son, here's what I need you to do. You want to be used by God? I need you to clear these chairs out, and I need you to vacuum straight lines. And the reason I need straight lines is because when they're straight lines, the anointing is here, and God can use me in powerful ways. And so don't make sure there's straight lines in here, son. Don't there not be straight lines? And I would say, yes, sir. And I would be vacuuming up and down like you do on like lawns, making that little thing. I, I, and people walk out and be like, you get out of here. Don't mess up my lines, you know, trying to make it perfect. And, and I'll serve that every single Saturday. And what, what my pastor was teaching me is if I didn't learn how to serve and love the house of God, then I would never be able to be used by God. Like, if I didn't love his house, because Christ loved the church, and he's like, man, I want you to have a love for the church, and he was, he was teaching me something, and, and I continually did that, and I was praying Monday through Friday, and I went to him, and I said, man, I, I want to be used by God. A couple weeks later, he said, man, son, I think you're ready. This weekend, get ready. You're going to preach, and I thought to myself, man, this is my moment. This, I went and studied as hard as I could. I wrote down every verse of the Bible I knew. I put a message together that was a good three hours long. You know what I'm saying? It's like, had every scripture I knew, I was ready to go. I went out and bought a purple suit. Come on, somebody. This is the late 90s, man. It had like 37 pleats on it, like Z Cavaricci. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. All the pleats. I was, I was banging. I was like ready to go. I was walking. It was baggy. It was like extra baggy because that was a style. So it's like three sizes too big. I walked into church. I was, I was like, man, God is going to use me today. I was just, I was ready to go. And I walked in. I have my Bible. I have my purple suit on with the pleats. And he's like, perfect. I need you to go upstairs. You're going to teach our kids ministry today. Here's what you have. You have a flannel graph. You guys all remember flannel graphs back in the day? And we have some like random Bible characters. I need you to entertain them for the next four hours. I had like a, a monster from the book of Revelation. I had like Samson, a sheep, and, and like some <laughs> random disciple. And he's like, you can teach a lesson off that. I was like, yes, sir. I took my three-hour message and I was done in two minutes. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I had like a three-year-old, a 12-year-old, and a seven-year-old in there, and I gave them everything I had. My, my three-piece suit oversized with pleats. My pastor knew some things. He knew that if I didn't learn how to serve in the insignificant, in the small, in the areas that nobody else wanted to, then how could I serve anywhere else? See, my pastor knew that how could I learn to love others if I didn't ever learn how to serve? How could I ever be the husband that God was calling me to be if I didn't learn how to serve? How could I ever be the father that God wanted me to be if I never learned how to serve? How could I ever be the man that God wanted me to be if I didn't learn how to serve? And what he knew is he knew that the cause of Christ goes through the heart of service. And I wanna ask you a simple question here today, church, is, how is your heart to serve? Is it beating for the cause of Christ? Is it beating for others? 
Because that is what it's supposed to be all about. Going back to John 13, verse 4, it says, So he got up from the meal. He took off the outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. Jesus had so many different traits, but one of the greatest traits he had was the trait of a servant's heart. And here's what I know about a servant's heart. A servant's heart, number one, if you're taking notes today, and I encourage you to take notes, it has a willingness to get involved. The Bible says he got up from the table. He got involved. He was willing to get up and get involved. He had a heart to serve, and he, he was like, man, I, 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 I'm going I'm to get up from here because there's a time to sit at the table, and then there's also a time to get up from the table. It's a time for you to get engaged with what God is doing in that moment rather than just sitting there and contemplating and listening to it. I'll never forget, I was in a connect group and, and uh, I, I was visiting this connect group and they were going through the meeting and at the end of the meeting they were taking prayer requests and this lady in the middle of this meeting said, man, I, I'm getting evicted from my home and, and I have to be out of there tomorrow and I've got to move 30 minutes away because that's the only place I could find it. And I remember that the guy that was leading this connect group was like, man, we're going to pray for that. And in the middle that prayer, I heard God speak to me and just go, man, that lady doesn't need a prayer. What she needs is some dudes with a truck that will show up and help her. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when that prayer ended, I just said, sir, excuse me, ma'am, what time are you moving tomorrow? We'll be there at 9 a.m. We'll bring a U-Haul truck and I'll bring some dudes and we're going to move you because at some point it just can't be about sitting at the table. It's got to be, no, 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 I've got to be willing to get up from the table. Listen, there is a time to sit at the table and think about things. There's a time to sit at the table and contemplate things, but there's also a time to push back from the table and say, you know what, I've got to put some legs to my love and get up from the table and begin to make a difference in people's lives. And God is desiring for every single one of us to begin to put some legs to our love. And when we get up from the table, you know what we're saying? We're saying, I love you, neighbor. I love you, city. I love you, world. And I'm willing to do whatever it takes to put legs to my love for the cause of Christ. And some of us have been sitting at the table of church for so long that we're so overweight, we have forgot that part of our diet of faith is not just consuming God's word, but it's exercising our faith in God's word. Which means that we have got to get up from just being oversaturated with information and start to put some application to our life. I'm so thankful that there are a ton of people that said, you know what, I'm going to put some application, I'm going to put some legs to my love, and I'm going to wake up early, and I'm going to show up to church, and I'm going to go back to Coastal Kids, and I'm going to take care of the next generation, because I want to see them raised up in the things of the house of God, so they understand that God knows them, and God loves them, and they have a purpose for their life. I'm so thankful that they love your kids enough that they're willing to sacrifice their weekends so that your kids can have an experience with Jesus. Man, I'm so thankful that people show up here throughout the week and, and practice and perform and put together lights and slides and, and worship and, and show up here early in the morning so they can create an experience for everybody to walk in and encounter God through worship. Man, I'm so thankful that there are a group of people that, you know, when they walked into church, had somebody greet them and embrace them and love them, that they said, man, I want everybody else to have that same kind of experience. I'm going to put some legs to my love, and I'm going to get out of my comfort zone, and I'm going to be a warm, friendly face, and I'm going to wave at people, and I'm going to high-five them, I'm going to drive a golf cart around. Why? Because they had a willingness to get involved. 
And maybe today, for some of us, we've been sitting at the table so long, it's time for us to put some legs to our love. It's time for some of us to go, you know what? I've sat at the table too long. I'm gonna push back and I'm gonna get engaged in the heart of service right here when it comes to my church. In fact, I'm gonna challenge you, every single one of you that is not engaged in serving on a regular basis, I want you to take out this connect card that's in the back seat of every one of your chairs, fill this thing out and say, you know what? I'm ready to stop sitting and consuming and I'm ready to exercise my faith. Fill it out, mark some areas down. People will contact you, throw it in offering basket wherever they are throughout our place and get involved. Have a willingness in your life to get involved. It's what Jesus had. And so he gets up from the table. The other thing he does is he stoops down. He took the towel and he stooped down. This is what that means. Number two, you gotta go low to bring people up. We have to live with this humility. You have to see where people are and where they're going. And here's what I've learned about humility. Is humility is thinking less about yourself. Not less of yourself, but less about yourself and more about others. And isn't that the essence of Jesus? I'm gonna think about myself less and think about others more. Jesus, in this very moment, knew that these disciples' feet that he's washing are the same feet that are going to pitter-patter away and deny him and leave him. But yet, he saw the potential in them. In spite of what he knew they were going to do, and said, I'm going to serve them anyway. And because he was willing to serve them, those same disciples ended up changing the world. And here's what I know is every time... I talk about something like this. People always be able, but TJ, what if I put myself out there and, and people take advantage of me? What if, what if I get walked on? Like, I don't wanna be a doormat for people. I'm not asking you to be a doormat for people. What I'm asking you is to be a bridge for people. Just like Jesus was with our sin and heaven. He put a, himself on a cross to create a bridge so that we could walk across and experience life. And here's what I know is when you serve other people, sometimes you're gonna get walked on, but they're walking their way towards salvation. And you could be the bridge to lead them there. You know what that takes from us? It takes humility. It takes, takes us willing to not look at ourselves with our titles and our accomplishments and go, you know what? My titles and my accomplishments don't compare to the title that God has given me, which is servant. And the essence of leadership is servant leadership. It's seeing people beyond where they currently are with all their mistakes and all their screw-ups and all the past to where they could and should be in life and willing to help them, even if it costs you something, take those steps because at the end of the day, that's a changed and transformed life. And here's what I know is that all of us we have some limitations. We have some problems even in our own life. And, and it's easy to get so focused on, well, what about how big this thing is in my life? Here's what I've learned. Is when I start serving others, my problems seem to become so much smaller. And some of us, what we need is we need a perspective change. We are, we're not the focus of the story where somebody else is. 
And when somebody else becomes the focus of the story, it changes everything. And so he went low and he got vulnerable. And the greatest thing of all is number three, he had a willingness to get messy to make a difference. What's interesting is he took the towel, and I, and I actually love this towel. This is, a, this is one of Jerry's towels. If you, if you don't know who Jerry is, Jerry is a, one of the, the most kingdom-minded servant people that has ever been in our church. And, and uh, he took a towel and he said, hey, well, listen, we're not gonna be about bickering. We're not gonna be about fighting. We're not gonna be about prestige. Here's what we're gonna be about. We're gonna be about serving. Took the towel and he said, this is what the texture of life is going to be like. It's not going to be the texture of satin. It's going to be the texture of a towel, a, a, a towel that's willing to get into the nitty and the gritty and the dirty and the broken. And, and here's the thing. When I think about this story, you got to think about the context of that day. That When they were in that day, they didn't travel around in Maseratis and Mercedes. They, they traveled around by foot, wearing sandals. So the dirtiest part of their life was their feet now i'm not a feet guy i think feet are nasty like no, I, i'll check out everybody's feet because i'm interested in what sneakers or shoes you're wearing but like when i see some dirty toes it just makes me want to gag like it's just it's like toe jam is the nastiest thing in the world like i'm not rubbing my wife's feet i love her but i'm not rubbing her feet like feet are just they just gross me out you know it's just just one of those things i'm sorry if that's your fetish I, it is what it is but like For those of you that are watching online, I apologize. <laughs> Just having a day here. <laughs> Jesus went to the dirtiest, nastiest, toe-jamming place. And here's what I know. To get somebody's feet clean, you've got to get in there between the creases. And you've got to rub it and scrub it. And Now think about that when it comes to our life. He was willing to go into the dirtiest, the most broken, the most disgusting situations. And he, he, he didn't say to any of us, your mess is too big for me to clean up. He walked into every mess and he said, you know what? I've got just the answer for this. The ultimate answer of life. And he was willing to, God so loved the world, he was willing to stoop down and say, I've got the ultimate cleaner to the mess that you've created. Referring to Jesus in Philippians chapter two, it says, who being in the very nature of God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. Jesus made himself nothing. And I think a great question for us to ask ourselves is when is the last time you made yourself nothing? When's the last time you put yourself in that position? By taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness, being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. Because Jesus was willing to sacrifice his life and make his life a life of servanthood, God exalted him. Now, I think it's so important in this message to remember that God doesn't want something from you, he actually wants something for you. I know you're thinking right now, well, 
He's preaching this message because they need more volunteers. Listen, we don't need another volunteer. We can, we've been operating with hundreds of volunteers every single weekend on our own. I don't want something for, from you. I want something for you in your life. Like, God doesn't need something from you. He actually wants something for you. That's why, if you go back to the story, John chapter 13, verse 17, now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. God doesn't want something from you. He actually wants something for you. He wants you to live a blessed life. And a blessed life is not you're gonna have a Bentley with 22s and live in a mansion on the beach. No, no. He wants you to experience the joy that can only be found in service. He wants you to experience the peace that comes from knowing that you're in God's will. He wants you to experience the blessing of making a difference in this world. Because here's what I know about your life. Your life will never make sense when it's made all about you. You'll be wondering why you're not fulfilled, why more is not enough, why just another achievement doesn't satisfy the depths of your soul because you were not designed for another achievement. You were designed to be living for something bigger than yourself and a part of something bigger than yourself. In the moment that you discover that and you realize that it comes through a heart of humbling yourself and serving others, it changes everything. See, here's what Save people have learned is that served people become saved people. And when you start to realize that your service leads to other people experiencing, knowing, and following Jesus, it changes everything about your life. That's where a life of significance begins. It begins with service. I was thinking about it this week. I remember, I think it was year three of our church. We were, we were struggling church plant and barely surviving. And it was coming Christmas time and we had this single dad in our church and he had just gotten his kids back and was in a tough financial spot. And I, I remember hearing what was going on in their situation and, and Shayla and I talking about it and, and going, man, we need to do something for this guy and his family. Like he's, he's not gonna be able to give his kids Christmas this year. I mean, they're just barely hanging on. They're barely able to pay their rent this month. I mean, they're, they're struggling in life. And Shayla being the amazing perceptive person, she, she goes, man, I think, I think that God wants us to go give them Christmas. I'm like, with what? You ever had those moments where you're like so broke that you're broker than broke? Now I remember she was like, I don't care if we have to put it on a credit card. Like I think we're supposed to go, we're supposed to go give them Christmas but we're not actually gonna give them Christmas. We're gonna go buy everything, then we're gonna give it to the dad so he can give them Christmas. And I remember we went to Target, and I'm one of those guys, when I get on mission, man, we just start spending money, man. We were just like, I like had no idea how expensive Legos are, man. They are a ripoff. I was just like, girls' clothes, I'm like, like why is this the same price as an adult clothes? It's, it's like half the size. Like, I just, like things, that, like economically, they didn't make sense, but I was just going with it. And we, Man, we were, we were running up the tab, and I remember when we went home, we wrapped all these gifts, and uh, 
we called this family up and said, hey, we talked to the dad and said, hey, we, we have these gifts. We want them to be from you. And so let's come up with a story. What's the story? Like you've been hiding the gifts at our house so your kids wouldn't discover them. And, and it's the day before Christmas and we went and dropped them off. And, and, and it was so cool as we walked away. I, I remember walking away from that experience and I don't hear this very often from God, but that day I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me and say, today, TJ, you, you represented me. You represented me today. Most days you don't, <laughs> which is terrible for me. But today you saw the one and you reached out and you served them, the forgotten, the broken. And to see that family's life changed and transformed over the years, how God has used them. I think God wants to take every single one of our lives and change them and transform them so then, then we can go and help change and transform and be a part of the story of somebody else's life being changed forever and more. And my prayer of church is that we would be, we'd be the hands and we'd be the feet of Jesus, that we would recognize that saved people serve people. And we would be a church that would decide that no matter what the situation, no matter what the status we've acquired or achieved, that the ultimate goal of our life is to be the ultimate servant of the one who gave his life. Would you guys bow your heads with me and pray? God, I pray that for every single man, every single woman, every single student in this room, God, that you would give us a heart to serve others, that, that we would notice in life what does not get noticed, that we would hear what no one else hears, that our life would not be about me, myself, and I, but God, you would, you would help us to see people the way that you see people, that you would help us to love people the way that you love people, that God, that you would help us to, to give the way you want us to give to people, God, that we would be humble, that we would be willing to get into the messes of this world because, God, you are willing to humble yourself and dive and get into our mess. God, I pray that every single person would have a burden of going like, God, how do you want to use me? How do you want my life to make a difference and God that, that we would not be able to shake that that we would not be able to get rid of that but God we would constantly be looking for areas and opportunities to be your hands and your feet and God here's what I know is that maybe there's somebody that walked in here today that they have never experienced as God that was willing to get into the middle of the mess and maybe you walked in here in a complete mess you've you've messed some things up you screwed some things up I want you to know that you're never too far for God to come right in the middle of your mess in fact he wants to jump right in the middle of it with you. There is no pit too deep that God is not deeper still, is what Corey Ten Boom said. And I believe that God wants to meet you right in the middle of your mess. And it begins with a simple yet, simple, a simple yet significant prayer of saying, Jesus, I surrender to you. Jesus, I give you my heart. Forgive me of my screw-ups. Forgive me of my past. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. Take over. Help me to follow you all the days of my life. Help me to experience your grace and your mercy and your love and your everlasting kindness, God, so that I can follow you. God, I love you today, and I commit my life to you. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Amen.